Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah thoughts, ideas, and messages in all of its wonderful parts and facets. Baruch Hashem, today this is easier than ever before. Please enjoy the following class and the rest of them on my podcast. And follow in order to receive updates daily. Also, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and neighbors so they could enjoy as well. Now let's move on and learn and grow together. We continue today with the second section of Parshas Shlach and we'll see today the travels of the Miraglim and the very unfortunate outcome when they return back in the Lashon Hara that they speak. So the Psukim tell us, beginning at Sheni, that the Baraglim ascended to Eretz Yisroel to spy out the land, as Moshe had instructed them to do. From the south, they traveled the southern border of Eretz Yisroel towards the west, east to west till the Mediterranean, and then traveled from the Mediterranean on the western border to the north. And they traveled Eretz Yisrael in 40 days. They saw that there were giants there. They brought fruits of the land, which were very large. Yeshua and Kalev avoided participation in bringing back these fruits as they knew that these fruits were going to be utilized as an illustration for the strangeness of Eretz Yisrael and the implication being that the people in it are also very strange in terms of being powerful and unable to be conquered. Kalev, we know, slips away in Davins at Kivrayavos in Hebron in Mars Machpela, that he shouldn't be uh, seduced to join the Miraglim in their advice. And Yoshua already had been prayed for by Moshe. His name had been changed from Hoshea to Yoshua, Koyoshiacha, that Hashem should prevent him from being uh, involved in this Eitza as well. So it can tell us that the Miraglim had turned after 40 days from tra- traversing Eretz Yisrael, and they come back to Moshe, Aaron, and the people, and they begin the report, actually, in a positive way. And they say, we arrived in Eretz Yisrael, and it is a land that is Zavas, Chalav, Udavash, a very fertile, wonderful land. But then, after hooking the people in with a positive and true report, they start to say negativity, turning everything that they saw in a very negative angle. The people inside of it are extremely powerful with these mighty cities, there are giants in the land. Amalek is there, the people that already have attacked us. And there's all kinds of powerful nations there. And the, na- the nation is becoming hysterical as they're listening to this very intimidating report of the spies. Kalev tries to save face, and Rashi explains that in order to garner the attention of the people, he first started by pretending like he was along with their Eitzah, with the Maraglim. But then he turned his uh, words around and he said, listen, Moshe did all these miracles for us. Even if Moshe would say, let's build tower uh, ladders up to the heavens, we would listen to him because he can do all kinds of miracles. We can conquer the land too. Hashem said we're going to be able to conquer it. However, nobody listens to Kalev. Everybody shuts him down and the Miraglim continue on their negative report that we were like grasshoppers, etc. in the eyes of these giants. That night, all of the people cry, which becomes Tishabov and... There's national hysteria. They're so upset, everybody starts complaining against Moshe and Aharon. Wish we would have died in Eretz Mitz- in, in Mitzrayim, 
or in this desert we should have died, better than go into the land and be wiped out. Why did Hashem bring us here to cause us to die, our wives and children to become spoils of war? It's better that we just return to Egypt. So one man said to another, let's appoint a new leader, which Rashi learns, let's appoint an Avodah Zarah, an idol of sorts, and return to Egypt. Moshe and Aharon fall on their faces and say, well, this is terrible, what are you doing? Yeshua and Kalev try to save face, and they say, look, if Hashem said we're going to conquer the land, it's a beautiful land, and we're going to be able to conquer it, it's not a problem. Don't rebel against Hashem, and yet that's what they did. And not only that, the Psukim say they wanted to stone them, uh, Kalev, Moshe, Aaron, Kalev, Aaron, all these people that were trying to say uh, positive things about the land. Sorry, Rashi learns it was just Yeshua and Kalev, they wanted to stone them with uh, rocks. And then the uh, honor of Hashem appears in... Uh, in the form of the, sorry, the honor of Hashem appeared in the oil moyed to all of the Jewish people. Now, we're stopping in the middle of the story, actually, because we're going to see the ramifications for all of this and Moshe's prayers to re- resolve this against Hashem. We'll see that tomorrow. We're stopping just after Shlishi at uh, Perik Yedalek Pasuk Yud. But there's one Nikudu that I wanted to just point out over here. There's a lot to discuss, but one thing that's amazing is that the Jewish people sin in a seriously egregious way. The Meraglim are saying Lashon Hara. There's a serious shortcoming in terms of Amuna that Hashem will help them conquer the land. And despite the fact that the Jews are overtly and obviously sinning directly against Hashem, in serious ways, Hashem acted only for the benefit of the Jewish people. And one of the proofs to this, as Rashi says, is really it should have taken them far longer to traverse the land of Israel. But Hashem knew that for every day they traveled through the land with their nefarious intention, they would have had one extra year that they'd be stuck traveling through the desert moving forward. So Hashem knew that because the length of the travel in Eretz Yisrael would equal the length of the years of travel that the Jews would have to wander the desert, He limited the days. He made them kvitzas at derech, so they traveled the entire land in 40 days which is an incredible thing. So it ended up only being 40 years and not more than that. Even in their sin, Hashem acted in a way of Rachmanus, of mercy, to limit the repercussions, to limit their capacity to cause more serious repercussions for the Jewish people moving forward. An incredible principle in this story of the Meraglim, and we'll discuss it more tomorrow, but even when Jewish people sin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tries in all of his mercy to limit the capacity of repercussion by assisting us in some way that we don't sin in a seriously more egregious way, causing us to have to receive more types of punishments than we already brought upon ourselves. And that, that is an incredible thing. Even when we're sinning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Rachmanus and loves us and wants only what's best for us. Okay, we're stopping here. Be'ezer Hashem will pick up tomorrow with the next step in the story where Hashem threatens to destroy the Jewish people. Moshe Davids on their behalf. Everybody have a wonderful day.